Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grounded with Brandon and Craig on this, what would you call this, a very, you know, chilly, cloudy Monday morning here in central Ohio. I'm Craig, and a setting across from me is... Brandon. I wish it was going to be like 75 and sunny, low humidity. I get the bike out, put the shorts on. It's January 9th, bro. Well, like I said... It is. Okay, so it was like 30 degrees this morning, but it felt... Cold. Cooler. I don't know what it was. What, what was, was the ice on the cars again? My and, car was yeah. covered with ice. Oh yeah, I had to go out and before we took the kids to school, I had to go start the car so that would defrost and. Yeah. See, at my stuff. age, I like a I like a warm vehicle. You need an automatic starter in your truck. <laughs> I, I do. I I do have one, but it, for some reason I can't get it to work, so I have to I have to have take it in and see what happens. I but. could probably fix it for you. Could you? Yeah. No, probably not. Uh, but I like a warm truck. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> So welcome to everyone else out there. We hope that you are staying warm today. And we are keeping warm right now. We are here in the stream room here um, uh, back of the uh, auditorium, and uh, we are drinking Black Rifle Coffee, and the name of the coffee is... This one is a, um, a special special edition, Teddy Roosevelt. Not Teddy Roosevelt, but Teddy... Roast. Roast. Roosevelt. Roosevelt. R-O-A-S-T-A-V-E-L-T. You know, if you're sitting here listening to this right now, just say that out loud real quick. Teddy Roosevelt. It just makes you feel better. It will make you have a phenomenal day. It will. So Teddy Roosevelt is a good coffee. It was given it to us. Good. Somebody didn't want us to give their name, so I'm not going to give yep. their name. So, but thank, thank you, though. Appreciate it. For, give, for giving it. and um, But I will uh, let you know that um, I actually like it. Oh, it's I, I very think it's good. really good. At first, when I took the first drink, it tasted a hair sour. Right. But it actually is very, very good. And it's smooth. So it's, it's very smooth. So we're keeping warm on this chilly day. We are. I've got my 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 flannel shirt on with lined you fleece. You know what would make this even better by doing this? If we were fireplace. Actually, well, fireplace, but reading something from Teddy Roosevelt while right. we're drinking Teddy Roosevelt. We should. I wonder if Teddy Roosevelt was living if he'd had – because apparently – and I've read this. He's a big cigar and coffee connoisseur, mm-hmm. and I wonder if he would drink Teddy Roosevelt himself. Dude, I bet Teddy would be all about Black Rifle Coffee. I bet he would. Yeah. I bet he would. I am. I love Black Rifle Coffee. So I got this light shining my ass because he's trying to read oh, the, I'm just uh, looking at where it's from. It's uh, from Ethiopia. Okay. Tasting notes are blood orange, dates, and maple. And I do hit, I, I catch a, a hint of maple there, mm-hmm. kind of on the after. It says aroma is fruity. It's a medium body and it's a bright acidity. I do taste that a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's very good. Speaking of maple, I love maple. Yeah. Maple syrup, maple waffles, mm-hmm. maple syrup, maple bacon, maple syrup, maple bacon, bacon, bacon. Maple syrup. I like bacon. You like maple syrup? I do like maple. I love maple. And it has to be, yeah, like my kids are, they're ruined because we get like really good um, maple syrup. Scots will hand it out sometimes because they've got a, a Farms for City Kids thing and they okay. grow it. And um, and it's like grade A Vermont maple syrup. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You know, my friend Jason lives mm-hmm. in Indiana. Yep. They actually make their own syrup. And they do maple syrup, and it's really, really good. So um, I haven't um, – you know, Jason and I text probably once, twice a week or so. So Jason and I, if you're listening to this, all I'm going to ask you is this, is just go ahead, drop that next batch of maple syrup in the mail. I would appreciate it. Uh, I, You know, 
I'm not really begging, but if I have to, I will because it's really good. He makes they make really good maple syrup. I will break my diet to make some waffles and try some maple syrup. Jason, if you send the syrup, he'll make the waffles. I'll bring the syrup and we'll have waffles. And you know, if you come and bring it personally, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll give you a some special waffles. podcast and do waffles and maple syrup and coffee. That. Yeah, and coffee. Sounds great to me. So speaking of maple, like what I was saying. Yeah, sorry, we got way So Anita track. and I have been going to the coffee creamery because the coffee hall creamery in mm-hmm. Marysville right there on yep. – is that Main Street or – Main Street? It's Main Street. Okay. So um, – I think. I don't know. Yeah, it's – I'm bad with street names. I am too. It's Fifth or Main. I, I don't know. But um, really good. So we've been getting the hot maple latte, latte. with oat milk. Yep. Really good. That is one of my super super good. That, is, that probably is my favorite drink. In the last few times I John had gotten Wayne it, would smack me, but you know it's really good. I think I would. could convince him. You probably to have a drink. He he would probably like that. But I think he would. When I told him, "Hey, John, I had a hot maple latte with oat milk," it'd be like crack, and then he'd be like, "Explain it to me." I'd already get smacked, and then I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd take that from him. He'd look at me. He'd look at you and be like, "How do you milk an oat?" <laughs> right. But no, that's the last few times I had gotten it Pulling down there. I got cigarette. it with it, right? <laughs> I'd gotten it with oat milk, and that it's the bomb. Tim Hortons now has oat milk as well. They've had it for a while. I, you know, I haven't had theirs yet. And I Man, get they've raised their prices. Yeah. Well, you get the shot of espresso, but still, even they have raised their prices, dude. If I get a medium coffee with a shot of espresso, it's four bucks. Okay, but two and a half years ago, it was two twenty five. Have you used any of those coupons they give you? Still, even. I mean, it's still there's, like there's a coffee for a cent. Yeah, but don't you have to pay for the? You have to pay shot? for the extra stuff. So yeah. I get a, normally like a meat, a large coffee um, with two shots of almond milk. I get almond milk instead of regular milk, and so the almond milk is special. How do you milk an almond? It's tough, okay. and so I um I do that, and it's I've got the little coupons for one cent for okay. any size coffee. So I have to right. pay fifty one cents because it's fifty cents for the. The two shots See, that's of not bad. That's, that's it's not bad. I, I haven't used that yet. I do have a couple of those. I need to start using yeah. those because, um, you know, $4 I go through more much. than I should because I've got quite a few of those coupons. And the one in Delaware, mm-hmm. it's four eighteen. Wow, that's extreme for a cup of coffee, don't you think? Yeah, it is extreme. So it needs to pick it up and lay it down if it's going to be. Which that is much. which is why I normally make my own coffee at home. Exactly, and like everything's kind of gone up. Um, I went to the store. Eggs. Yeah, I went to Kroger a few days ago, and I'm and I'm about done with Kroger to be honest with you. They're they're so high priced, and they you know you swipe your card, but still it's still a ton higher than everybody else. But anyway, yeah, you get the cents off the gas, but their gas is always more expensive anyway. Ten cents higher than everybody else's. So anyway, um, I went to Kroger, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I'm not when I'm not exaggerating at all, and I have a tendency to you know to embellish things just to make it sound better, but I'm not doing this. So I checked out. And my bill came to like $105.88. We buy virtually the same same thing. I'm I'm being honest with you. A year ago or a year and a half ago, it was like $55 Mm or $60. Tops, tops, we'd be $64. Never were we into the 70s or 80s. Now, if I I go to the store and I can get under for under Under, $90 for the two of us, I consider it a lucky day. Like, yay, that's a win. I will say, okay, so you know, kind of bashing some places. Let's let's not bash some places. Let's let's talk about where you can go and get a good, reasonable deal. Mosher's IGA in oh, Raymond, Ohio. That's what you told me, dude. I bought 
a ton of meat there the other day, and I was under a hundred bucks, and it was like I got like four different steaks, chicken, ham loaf, uh, their hamburger, and and if you buy that stuff in, in bulk, you know it helps too because yeah. we buy the five pound things of burger, and yeah. and I got a five pound thing of ham loaf because we hadn't had ham loaf in a while. We had a family get together this weekend, and ham loaf is really that. good. It is very good. Very I, good. I doctor it up. Mm-hmm. I throw pineapple in with it. And then I, I make a, like a glaze, almost like a ham glaze that goes on top of it while it's baking right. and with honey and brown sugar – or not honey, brown sugar and pineapple juice and mustard. And it was good. Sorry. What is the name of this show? Baking with Brandon? Baking, <laughs> baking and cooking with Brandon and Craig. And, um, you know, another not bashing something is um, I – and everything's a little pricey right now, and, right. and we all realize that. We all know everything's up right now. It's like even gas went back up. So uh, I, I was almost eighty bucks yesterday filling up my it's truck. Up like and, eighty cents in like the last two yeah, weeks. Yeah, but uh, Anita and I had gotten we've gotten gift cards from some people. Thank you guys if you're listening mm-hmm. to this. You gave us a gift card, one hundred percent from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for that, and we'll be sending you a note here shortly. But um, we uh, we went to Texas Roadhouse this past week and um, had the ribeye and superb. I mean, really, really good steak. Yeah. A uh, week before that, we used another gift card and we went to Longhorn. And I love me some Longhorn. And I had the Outlaw. The Outlaw is the only way to go. Now, the Outlaw is pretty pricey. It's like twenty eight ninety nine or something like that. It's worth it. But it is worth it. It's like the, one of the best cuts. It really is. It was um, – and, and the thing that um, I've noticed about both Texas Roadhouse and Longhorn – is you don't really need anything on your steak, that, and nope. that's how you know a steak is yep. good. Agreed. Where you don't have to dunk it in you know, A1, A1 or, or Heinz 57 or ketchup. You know, yeah. I you know I have a friend of mine who says if you use ketchup on a steak, you should never eat another steak. So. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. But really good. A uh, couple places to go. Yep. And um, but yeah, we um, yeah we've been using those, and um, you never go wrong with a steak. Never. We eat steak at least once at least once a week, normally. It's good to be king, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> he just looked at me like you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. So um, before we get into our discussion from yesterday or whatever, um, those of you who don't know, um, we um, we have promoted and talked about uh, the chosen um, that has been on. Television and um, so we seasons one and two um, we have watched and mm-hmm. we actually think watched them here too at church. Yep. And then season three has been released, but it's a partial release right now. We're like they're five releasing episodes. it. Yeah, they're releasing it every week. Yeah, and then there is there's five episodes with um, three more to come. Correct. Right. Correct. And um, I really I really enjoy this, and you have to really if you agree with me or not on this. They take a lot of liberties, but they're liberties that could actually have happened because, you know, when I, when I'm watching this series, people are like, well, it didn't say that in the Bible, but John also recounts a part where he says there's many things that Jesus did, signs and miracles and wonders that if, it would be too many yeah, that the world couldn't written, hold it. Couldn't hold all the books. So yeah. we don't know exactly what took place. And that will right. be, that will be one of the most, that'll be one of the most exciting things to see and hear about when you go to heaven and what, what Jesus did and you right. never actually right. heard about it. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we think that Jesus did like maybe 15 miracles and that was it. No, it's just that he did so much more. Right. Right. But they, this, um, and I told you this this morning, there's, um, there's a lot of, um, parts in there where they've, taken liberties mm-hmm. but it's liberties to where it's not over 
where it's not overshot to where you think, oh, what is he doing? Here? Right, right. It's really good. But there's a couple scenes, and I won't say it because I know some of you haven't watched it. There's a couple scenes that I brought up to you today mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that were very, very um, good. Yep. And you could just I see agree. it. And um, one of the scenes was when Jesus was talking to one of the rabbis. And um, where were they in? Not, not the temple, but this. Um, what, what was the end when they were doing that? When Jesus was teaching, remember? Oh, they were. They were in when they were in his hometown. They were in Nazareth. They were in Nazareth in, in the temple, and the rabbi was there. And this is when Jesus was making the claim of who he is. And they're questioning yep. him. You're saying that you're the Messiah. You're, right. And they're going back and forth. And at one point, you know, they're like, hey, the law of Moses, you know, we're, you, you need to be put to death. And you, you think that you are above the law, the law of, of Moses. Moses. And then Jesus says... I am the law of Moses. And it was game. It was intense. It's like the, the hair stood up on my arm. <laughs> like, and Anita was like, oh no. You know, and, and that's not, that's not a line in the Bible that you see Jesus say. But, um, that's pretty much what Jesus is saying. Essentially, yes. I am the law of Moses. Exactly. I, I am, I'm here. This is because now, of now he, and he does say, you know, he does say, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. Um, that is scriptural. And, but that and was a really good scene. Yeah. And then they tried to, Kill Jesus and Jesus almost pulled out of Clint Eastwood. This right? is not going to happen today. <laughs> not today. Not today. Not today. And he walked through the crowd unharmed. Yeah. And that, that that is straight out of exactly. straight out of the Bible. We pulled that up. We we stopped it after that, and you know we were talking about it. And so I pulled it up in in Scripture and read that to my family as we watched that. And right. we've been watching them live. Allie and I went and saw the first two episodes in the theaters the day that they released them. And um, it's good and to be king. It is good to be king. Yeah, steak in theaters. That's and, right. And then um, and so pants. we've been watching them. Cucumbers. Oh, come on. So we've been watching them every week with the kids and, and Christian last night. He was like, wow, that was a really good episode. And, mm -hmm. and it was, it was good. It's getting intense. And, and they claim, you know, they, you, you talk to them and, or you don't talk to them. I don't talk to anybody from the chosen, but king. they talk and, and they're, he's ignoring me. <laughs> I am ignoring you 100%. But they, you know, they're, they're just straightforward and they say, you know, hey, we do. You know, we are setting up stories. We are telling a story. This isn't, you know, straight from the Bible. Now, there's a lot of, you know, the accounts that are straight from the Bible. Well, they Bible. do a good job at connecting those dots that possibly could be. They could be. And it almost, and, and I don't want to think that's the way it is, but that's the way it could have been. Right, right. It's, it, it's that way because our minds are going to work something out anyway. Right. Correct? Yeah, exactly. And that's what, you know, and, and they've said, you know, our goal is to, to they want to drive people back to the Bible. You know, and as we watched it here, that was the encouragement of, you know, we want to drive people back to the Bible, just like we did after that, that scene two weeks ago, where I pulled out my Bible and, and it's like, okay, well, this scene comes straight from this mm -hmm. chapter. Let's read that. You know, mm -hmm. and it's like, wow, they were spot on with yeah. most of yeah. that account. Yeah. And, and it should drive you back to your Bible. It shouldn't take, um, place of your Bible. It shouldn't replace right. that. Um, but it should drive you back to it so that you're digging in. And you're like, well, how, well, did that happen? Did that not happen? Could that have happened? I um, mean, it's like you said, I love that, you know, where John talks about, you know, there were so many more things that Jesus did. And if, you know, there were, you know, books written about it, the world couldn't contain all the books. I like the way that they portray Jesus and Joseph. Oh, yes. Joseph is such an unfor, uh, he's a, such a forgotten man. Yeah, you don't know what and happens. And a shoved aside man. You know that him and Jesus had a good relationship mm -hmm. or a relationship. And this season, um, and I do like the guy they have playing Joseph. Oh, I agree. I think he's a good Joseph. And he was the guy from the beginning, he too. He was. He was. And I really like this guy because he does – he looks like a man. He looks like a carpenter. He looks mm -hmm. rugged. But there's this side of him that sees Jesus that he knows this is God. 
Yeah. And, and kind of taking on that responsibility of, wow, yeah. I've been entrusted and, and with the, this. The last episode, we haven't watched five, uh, episode five, we've watched four, and they kind of brought that together yeah. because after Jesus was the, uh, they tried to kill him in, in Nazareth and they, he walks away mm-hmm. and he goes to the tomb of Joseph. Yeah. And I thought that was really touching. Right. Um, because he's standing there yeah. and then Jesus is having a flashback of Joseph. Um, and, and I just, just him and Jesus' relationship. Again, liberties are taken. Right. Yeah. You don't know what happened to Joseph. You don't know if he but, was still alive or, but, but you don't hear about him. Joseph, in his reaction in the Christmas story, and when the account of that when the angels came to visit and how obedient Joseph was, you can't imagine Joseph not doing what right. they have portrayed him oh, to absolutely. do. Oh, absolutely. So um, I just thought that was kind of – I thought that was a unique spin on that uh, that last episode when Jesus goes to the tomb of Joseph mm-hmm. and kind of puts his hand on it. And yep. it just shows you that I, the guy they have playing Jesus yeah. is really good. Yeah, Jonathan Rumi. Yeah, they picked yeah. A, a good one there. Yeah. So there you go. If you want to wait and binge it, you need to wait for three more weeks, and then you can watch them binge all together. All eight episodes, but yeah, but I'm jammed up at episode four right yeah. now. So they were talking about that last night too. That was just a, a neat kind of thought that on the kind of after the live stream, Dallas was talking about that idea. Um, I know you love listening to Dallas. I think Dallas likes to hear himself talk. Yeah, he does. But who doesn't? I mean, we're sitting here with a couple of microphones in front of our face anyways. But Yeah, I bet I don't necessarily like to enjoy my, hear exactly. myself talk. <laughs> uh, I do. Anyway, it's good to be king. It's good to be king. Um, but he was talking about how, you know, he's kind of heard back from people on the, the negative idea of the word binge, you know, and because there are, you know, you look up the definition and, and it can be, it can have a negative connotation to it where, you know, you binge something and it can almost like be cookies like or drunkenness, you know, yeah, alcohol yeah. or things like that. And he's like, you know, if we binge these things that aren't good for us, if we binge TV shows that really are really not that great for us spiritually, why shouldn't we binge something? Why shouldn't we, you know, overly excessively, right. you know, intake something that is good for us, that is right. more, right. you know, along you know I, god's I will for our lives and so i thought that was just a neat take I on that, that too i agree with that that's that i agree with that because we do binge i mean this is the day of binging exactly uh, of television shows i mean yep. i mean how often have you binged like uh 24 you know or right. like that or you've binged um i don't know deer, cheers, deer or, hunting or deer hunting or yeah. cheers <laughs> cheers <laughs> dating yourself i did watch cheers back in the day cheers but, was uh, good never binged it though right well, you couldn't binge it then. Like you couldn't. No, you had to wait every week. Yeah, everything's at your fingertips now. Everything. Well, that's the way I, we are with The Chosen right now. You have to wait every week. Like, come on, just put them all out. Uh, a few uh, months ago, Anita was gone for a couple of days, and um, I did binge watch MASH. Nice. I love MASH. I loved MASH when I was younger, and it was like I, – I, and when I, and I'll say this, and we'll get into our thing. I couldn't believe how, like, like in 1972 and three, Right. How on the line they were on some things. I'm like, oh my goodness, I never realized that um, right. back in the day. But you could just they were pushing the envelope a little bit, so that was that was crazy. I thought, yep. but uh, yeah, I agree with him on the binging thing. I agree that you know why not binge Jesus or you know um, something like that. But yep, we uh, we're getting ready to binge the fruit of the spirit. That's gonna be good over nine weeks. Nine and, weeks. Um, yeah, we've got eight to go, and uh, our series is called Nine Equals One, and it's the fruit of the spirit. And tried to kick off yesterday by saying that the fruit of the spirit is not fruits of the spirit. It's not nine different fruits right. in a bowl. It is one big fruit sitting in your basket, mm-hmm. and um, 
and I don't know if this is the right analogy or not. And I think I used it a little. I don't know if it's first or second, um, but I did hear this uh, a few weeks ago. Um, it's like each the fruit you take, is like like if you say an apple, yeah, is the fruit of the spirit, and you take a bite, love, joy, another right. bite peace yeah. and you by the time you get done with the apple the nine bites you've ingested that fruit that's the fruit right. exactly and um so that's the way that you have to look at that because you know you can't say i have the fruit of the spirit but you're you you have four that you really don't, don't work on and there's not they're not there yeah so you don't have the fruit of the spirit so how do you get the fruit of the spirit is it's an easy description when you read the scripture, but it's very hard and an intentional on our part because you've got to give yourself, you've got to allow yourself, you've got to be intentional enough to allow the Holy Spirit to allow you to go down that road right. to take you where you need to be. And the problem is, is we fight those things, mm-hmm. on, especially on like love. We, we think we all love, right. but do we really love? And that's the top fruit here that we're talking about, yep. the first one. So do I really love somebody? And I love um, when you got into this yesterday, and um, a guy by the name of Wayne Jacobson, he said this, the fruit of the Spirit is not what we make ourselves do mm-hmm. for a moment. That's that's, good. This is really good. But what God makes us do for a lifetime. Because I think, and I didn't really explain this, because you don't have a lot of time to explain all to break down his quote, but I actually heard him speak this out. It was about a 15-minute thing that he did. Right. And what he said is that, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is not what we make ourselves do for a, a moment because we do. We try to make ourselves be loving, right. be joyful, be peaceful. We do it in our own strength. It's just for a moment, just so everybody will see me for right. this is the way I am. Right. But no, it's what God makes you to be for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And he actually went on to say, and it may take a lifetime to get you to get where mm-hmm. God wants you to be. Yep. And I think it's a good question. Well, and I, I think that just also reiterates the point that this is not something that we can do on our own, you know, Galatians 5, this is where it comes from, um, and I'm sure we'll be hitting this every single week, 22 through 25, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit. I don't produce it in my life, nope. but by the help of the Holy Spirit, I produce this kind of fruit in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. And so we have to fight against those passions, their desires of our sinful nature, of what, mm-hmm. what we want to do, and we have to fight for those, those nine things. It says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in some parts of our lives. No, in every, every. part of our lives. That's good. It's, I mean, it's very, um, it, it, it's very uh, humbling when I mm-hmm. read that passage yeah. of scripture because, uh, and I think the kickoff on then verse twenty two is the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, and he, and he names them. It's not that Brandon can do this if he tries mm-hmm. real hard. Craig can do this if he, you know, is a Christian and does all this and he ties and he. No, the Holy Spirit produces mm-hmm. this kind of fruit in my life. It is only by the uh, by the act of the Holy Spirit of me. The best way I can say this is not only do I allow Jesus to be my Savior, but he is now the Lord of my life. Exactly. The Lord of my life, the Holy Spirit takes over and helps me get down to a place where where I need to be. Mm-hmm. I love what Mark Batterson said. He said, when it comes to this fruit, you must desire these nine things in your life. You have to be intentional, and I agree with him. You yep. have to be intentional. Yep. He goes on to say, these are just not going to automatically going to pop up. Yep. And, and basically, I agree with that. It's like if I'm not a patient person – 
on Monday. I'm not going to give up on Tuesday and be like, oh, boom. I'm right. all, all of a sudden a patient person. No, the Holy Spirit's going to give these things in my life, but it's going to be a journey to get to. Mm-hmm. You, people don't realize that to have the fruit of the Spirit in my life, if I'm if I'm really lacking in patience, then God's going to test my patience. Mm-hmm. If I'm lacking in love or I think I'm a love, God's going to test that love. How loving are you? Right. If um, If I say I'm a peaceful person, God's going to allow me to go through things that shows me, am I really a peaceful person? Right. So... You have to realize that you're just not going to be handed yeah. this with not like any responsibility. You have to take yep. these, but there's responsibility that comes with that too. Yeah, and I love that he says, you know, you have to be intentional. You know, we have to we have to examine these nine things in our lives right. and say, okay, how am I with love? How how am I with joy? And those things that we acknowledge, okay, that needs work, and that needs work, and that needs work. We need to take time and we need to pray. Okay, God. Yeah. Okay, well, let's use patience for example. God. Give me patience. Help me to be a more patient person. Well, guess what? Sometimes you got to be careful what you pray for. While that's what we need to pray for, we're gonna we're gonna be tested in that area. Exactly, and um, you know, same the same with love. You know, it's like we love who we love, right? Uh, you like your friends. You like the mm-hmm. people you're close to. You like, uh, but it's really hard to demonstrate that love to somebody that you're honked off with, or somebody's right. rubbed you the wrong way, or say continually rubbed yeah. you the wrong right. way. It's really difficult sometimes um, to get into that. And and I and I the first thing I brought up was the need for love because I, I think I said you know it's tossed around like love is tossed around like a feather in the wind. It just what does that even mean? I mean who who knows what that means? I mean because we. The culture says love is love. I promise you, I'm not trying to be a snot-nosed brat. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Right. Nobody's been ever able to tell me what well, that, that means. That's like telling somebody who has never seen a tomato, oh, a tomato, it's a tomato. Exactly. They've never seen a tomato. How do they know what a tomato is? Exactly. You know, it's like someone who's never seen a, a white-tailed deer. Oh, a white-tailed deer is a white-tailed deer. What am I looking for? You could have one run right by you and not even know it. This is the greatest dupe of Satan. Mm-hmm. It's he gets um, it's like the lies of Hitler. Yep. And Hitler even said this. It's in his book Mein Kampf. You can read this. It's like repeat the lie over and over enough, yep. people will start to believe it is yep. the truth. And that's what this culture has done, and that's what our government has done. Yep. That's what the, yep. have, we've allowed television to do. Our workplaces, big tech. Everything. Yep. Love is love. Yep. You, you, everybody says it. I mean, you, they fly it on flags. It's yep. on universities. It's in Major League Baseball. It's mm-hmm. in the NFL. It's on. It's in the NBA. It's in college sports. Love is love. What the heck does that mean? Yeah, exactly. You have no idea what that means. It's just a big, whopping cliche. I would be offended. I'm just saying. I would be offended if I was ingrained in that movement mm-hmm. and nobody could explain that really to me. Right. And that's that's, that's where we have to you know understand that the world's definition of love, even if the world gives you a better definition than that, it's still not the same as God's definition of love. Our def, you know, people's definition of love is completely different, exactly from what God exactly. says love is. Well, any definition of love other than what God's word says or what God tells you is going to leave you empty. It's going to leave you hollow. It's going right. to lead you down a path that that you 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 just don't want to go. Yeah, so. yeah. You read First John four eight through ten yesterday. It says anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Mm -hmm. 
And then Jesus says in John 13, I'm giving you a new commandment. He, and, and I love what you said. I don't know if you did this both services or one or whatnot, but you were like, he doesn't say, hey, when you feel like it, right. or he doesn't suggestion. say, this is a suggestion. This You may want to do this. You may No, he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. And I'm telling you, you have to do this. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. He didn't say your knowledge of the scriptures will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your church attendance, your giving, your whatever. Nothing. But your love will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Right. I got to be honest with you, and I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm looking at myself. Mm -hmm. I got a long way to go. Yeah. I I have a super, super long way to go. Absolutely. And so, um, and, and I'm just being honest. Yep. And I can point my fingers, all oh, that hits that oh, person. Yeah. That hit. But no, the person that it hits the hardest mm-hmm. is me. Absolutely. And that's what God, that's what Jesus wants us to do to look at us, mm-hmm. to look at where we're at in that when it gets down to that. Because let's admit it, we all, you know, we've, we, we like to talk about this a lot. Right. But it's really, um, it's really, it's really difficult. I mean, I, I said yesterday that um, the English language, we have one word for love, it describes everything. In the right. Greek, there's four words, and they all have a specific and a, and a different meaning because, um, you know, I said yesterday, a guy will look in his wife's eyes and hug her and kiss her and say, baby, I love, I love you. you. And then 30 minutes later, he's yelling out, oh, honey, I love the Cincinnati Bengals. They just scored a touchdown. It's the same word. It's so abuse. So mm-hmm. is that the same love that you just bestowed upon your wife? Right. I mean, do you love her like a sports team? Or Right. In the first service, I said that, and somebody in the back went, whoop, whoop. Right. I was like, some dude loves the Bengals more than his wife. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. Well, and that's, you know, the other thing too with this, with this idea of love and, and God's definition of love versus the world's definition of love. The world will tell you that love is acceptance. Well, if you love that person, you just need to accept them for who they are. If you love that person, you need to accept, essentially they're saying you need to accept their sinfulness. Exactly. But that's not what God says. Mm-hmm. God says, no, you don't accept them. You know, if you loved them, you know, Jesus came while we were still sinners. You know, if you loved them, you're going to show them, hey, there's another way. Yep. You know, this is a sin in God's eyes. You, you know, here's the thing that uh, it's just Satan has just really hoodwinked the, the Christian church, the culture, the community, Christian community is that, um, you know, it's like we have a family member who's gay or comes out in you know different lifestyle mm-hmm. or says, I don't whatever. And I'll talk to people. It's like, yeah, well, my my son's come out, and you know, he, you know, I I don't know how to, I don't want to offend him. I don't, I don't want him not to. You know what? The word of God is offending when you're not living in that lifestyle. Exactly. If you love him, the question is this: Do you want him to be offended now, or do you want him to be um, offended when he stands before God? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be two different games because if you help him and fend him now – and the thing is your first speech is probably not going to be – not going to work for him or her. It right. may take minutes. Right. It may take years, and that's where you pray to God. God, say continue to let, give me yep. what I'm going to give me and help him to show, to show that I – know that I love him and that that you love him. But my goodness, work in their heart yep. right yep. now when I when I talk to them. you got to keep going back. you got to keep doing this. you got to keep – if you love them, you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like – it always goes back to this analogy. You can take your son or daughter or whoever that said, hey, I, they just came out to me, and they're like – they're five years old. They're like, I'm going to go ride my bike in the, on down Route 4 because it's straight as an arrow, and there's it's really flat. not a hills, yeah. and it's flat. Um, I'm going to go ride it, and you're like, okay, 
I don't want to, I don't want to hurt his feelings because, you know, I don't want to tell him there's a good chance he might get hit, but you know what? I'm, I'm just going to let him go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what you're doing when you let somebody go that you say that you absolutely love. Right. And that's the terms you have to look at. And see, the Christian community is caught up into the culture so mm-hmm. much. We try to blend the Christian community with the culture. Well, and part of the problem with that, too, is there's so many so-called Christians, especially high-profile so-called Christians. And, and I call them so-called Christians because if you look at their faith, if you look at their fruit, they're not Christians. No. But they are they are leading other Christians who follow them astray. For example, exactly. one of my all-time favorite, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, not-so-favorite Christian, I'm air-quoting here, artists, um, Amy Grant. Franklin Graham bashed the snot out of her on his Facebook profile a couple weeks ago. Amy Grant and Vince Gill are, are hosting a um, same-sex wedding for one of her or his nieces or nephews at their house. What what kind of message is that showing? Yeah, well, she's always been a little skeptical. I've I mean, never back in 1988, she did a couple things that were really, yeah. really, um, what do you call it? Really, really shaky and really, yeah. really crazy on the line. And even back then, I mean, I was just graduating from college and heard something that she had done. I'm not even going to repeat what You're I right. thought that I that she said during a concert, I think it was a slip up, mm-hmm. but it tells you her frame of mind and what her heart is. That was 88. That's 30, almost 35 yeah. years ago. So, um, you know, um, she's always been a little bit on the wonky side and that's, and that's what you get because what happens is, is that Christians look to her like, Oh, she's this mm-hmm. godly woman. Okay. Let me just tell you something about Amy Grant and any Christian like that. She dumped her husband. Yeah. She dumped her husband for another man, for another man. She, and she claims to be a Christian. Other than, other than, you know, there's biblical grounds for divorce, and it did not apply to this section for right. her. But she went ahead and did it anyway. She's never abided to the Word of God, only when it has made her money mm-hmm. and made her popular. Yep. So what? She sings El Shaddai. So what? She sings a few Christian songs and a few Christmas songs in her, um, in her concert. Who cares? What you need to be is you've got the stage, lady. You've got the stage. Ask You've my, got the thing. You, yep. Why don't you? Why don't Use you it. proclaim the word exactly. of God? Exactly. Yeah, Come I've on. never never been a big fan. Ask my wife what happens when we're listening to Christmas music and an Amy Grant song comes on. Oh, same here. My you wife gets just shut flips down. It. Yeah, yeah, she just flip it. We just yep. flip it. So her and Barbara Streisand. I just flip it. Right. I just flip it. So, but yeah. So, but that's that's the problem. Is is we have to be in the word. Yep. You know, and, and you've said it and we've talked about it. Know the word and do the word. We can't rely on what she probably does know the word. Oh, I agree. But she does not do the word. Correct. She does everything but the word. Right. And so we need to make sure that we are our foundation is in God's word and we're not listening and, and being driven away by right. these other so-called Christians. So, again, Jesus said in John thirteen thirty four and 5, almost a mirror thing of what we read in the other passage. And he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other mm-hmm. just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. It's crazy that yeah. he 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 says that, and he says that in First John four, and then he says it again in John thirteen. And right. so um, it's just the craziest thing because it's a repeat. Right. He's he's trying to get his point across. And um, so the question that I had is, do you love your brothers and your sisters? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the brothers and sisters that you mingle with every week. And you've been doing it at church for the last 40 years. And you stand in the fellowship hall and you go out to dinner with them. You go to coffee with them and you text them and you call them on the phone. I'm not talking about that person. Yeah, I'm talking about that mm-hmm. Christian who rubs you the wrong way or you perceive them to be different than you are. Or they've said something that you don't like. Right. 
and you've talked bad about them or you have given them the cold shoulder or your unforgiveness or you've got bitterness, I'm going to tell you straight up, you're not a disciple. Mm -hmm. I know those are hard feelings to get through because guess what? I've got the same feelings for some people too Mm -hmm. who've said things bad about me. And so guess what? I got to prove to the world that I'm a disciple. So I've got to forgive. I've got to turn this over to God. Doesn't, you know, I, I can forgive and I can move on, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. You have to be intentional. Right. Because if I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life, then I'm going to allow him to work in my life. i got to give him the reins to do that. Because if I'm holding on to bitterness or unforgiveness or whatever that is, Holy Spirit ain't going to work in my life. Right. He ain't going to fight you for that. Right. you got to turn it over. Exactly. love what uh, Leroy Lawson said. He says, we really like good. love. We sing about it. We talk about it. We dream of it. We want more of it until we realize what Jesus meant by that phrase. Love one another as I have loved you. Remember, Jesus loved you when you were not that unlovable. When you're not that, yeah. It's, you know, that's or great. not that lovable, sorry. Yeah, when you were not that lovable. And he, uh, he nails it right on because we forget what we've been saved from. Right. We forget that, and that's the beauty of Jesus, which brings us to number two is Jesus' love. Mm-hmm. So basically we talked about the woman caught in the act of adultery. Yes. And um, the Pharisees had a, had a kind of a double barrels going there. They really wanted to trap this lady, and they were using her, and they yes. wanted to fire her. And they, but the big thing is they wanted to nail Jesus. They she was a chess to, piece. She exactly was a chess piece. So in John chapter two, uh, 8, verses 2 through 6, it says, A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down, and he taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And they Put her in front of the crowd. And I, I stopped here yesterday and I thought, I want you to think how embarrassing this is for this woman. But think about your worst sin that you do not want anybody to know about. But you've been tossed in front of the crowd and it has been exposed. Right. This is embarrassing for her. Because she's, you're right, she's been used as a chess piece. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something that they could use against him. And there it is. Yeah. These guys are, my goodness, they irritate me. Yes. And the thing about the Pharisees is they're not coming to Jesus to see justice done. They're coming to, like you said, use this woman as a chess piece to trap her, but also to trap Jesus. And then I said, there's a lot of Pharisees in the church today. Mm -hmm. A lot of pharisaical attitudes in the church today to where... It's all got to be about the way they think it should be or the way they like it or they impose their personal beliefs or their personal junk right. on everybody else. I mean I know this. I'm talking from experience. From 1984 up till 2023 in every church I've been to, that's the way it's been. And um, I'm telling you, folks, this is a pharisaical attitude. When you do that, you're a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with Jesus, God, or anything, the Word of God, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, people coming to know Christ. This is all about you, right? And guess what? God and church is not about you. Mm. It's about what God, exactly glorifying God. Yep. Love what Greg Laurie said. He said the Pharisees, who are the so-called Christian religious, didn't care about this poor woman. They didn't see her as a troubled person needing spiritual guidance. They only saw her as a sinner needing. Death. Sad. Very sad. I like that. Sad. Very sad. Yeah. And he's right. And I love Jesus because Jesus is, um, Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is smarter than anybody. He knows what they're doing. He knows what they're doing. But I love Jesus because he still gets 
lit up. He does. He gets lit up. I mean, he's still human, so he gets lit right. up. So you got to love him because he kind of diffuses the situation, and he's grabbing their attention. And so what Jesus, say he uses it as a teaching moment here. Exactly. So he stoops down, and in John chapter 8, verse 6, it says Jesus stoops down, and he writes in the dust with his finger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been a second or two on, like, nobody knows what he wrote, and some people think he's writing the sins of some of the people in the crowd, some of the people who committed adultery, some people think he's writing love, joy, peace, I don't know. There's a lot of speculation for that. And in John 8, 7 and 8, it says they kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again. He said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Now, he realizes these guys are smart enough to know everybody has sinned. Right, right. And then he stooped down, and he wrote in the dust, Jesus is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And Jesus is like, go ahead, toss your stones. If you've never sinned, if you've never broken a law, if you've never you know, gone against the law of Moses, if you've never gone against God, if you've never committed adultery, go ahead, yeah. cast your first stone. And, and I love that because it says they – they slowly started walking away one by one from the oldest to the youngest. Exactly. And so my whole point was this, is this, is that Jesus just leveled out the playing field. Jesus yeah. showed everybody's on the same playing field, the woman and all the Pharisees and all the religious leaders, because Jesus is no longer looking in the whole crowd at one single lonely, sinful lady. Right. The entire crowd is sinful other than Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, boom, leveled out the playing field. John 8, 9 through 11. Only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up and he said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And I love this part. Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Right. And this is where the godly definition of love and the worldly definition of love is different. Exactly. No, he was like, oh, I don't condemn you either. Go continue to live your life. Go back to what you were doing. No, he says, go and sin no more. Exactly. And here's the thing. As long as you are breathing and standing up this side of the ground, mm-hmm. guess what? There's no condemnation. Right. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. There's no condemnation. So Jesus is not judging you. God is not judging. Now, here's the thing. You will do things, and you will have to pay for the consequences of your sin and the decisions that you make. But that's not God judging you, okay? So you need to realize that this is what Jesus is saying. I'm here to give you life and life more abundantly, Mm -hmm. and there's no condemnation. But here's the thing. Go and sin no more. Go and leave your life of sin. So basically, he's telling this lady, you know what? Don't come back here again. Don't don't get yourself back into this place again because forgiveness brings responsibility. Right. And Jesus makes a challenge to this lady. And he, it, it, people are like, well, Jesus let her off the hook. No, he did not let her off the hook. He did not let her off the hook. He's like, go and sin no more. And he just didn't forgive her, but he also challenged her to straighten out her life because if you get right back, you, you'll be back here again. And guess what? You could get stoned again. Right. And there's actually time you might die this time. Mm-hmm. So go and leave your life of sin. Go and sin no more. So that brings us to the application of the right. of the entire day, and um, and I think this is probably the biggest part. I think for us is what do we do with this? And and I put number one: love meets others' needs before ourselves. And this is really hard in today's right. culture because would you agree that we're all about ourselves? Mm-hmm. Even Christians, we're yep. all about ourselves. Yep. Absolutely, our schedules, our whatever, yep. whatever we want to do, it's all about us. Um, Philippians two verses one and two says. 
Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ and any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. This is a big verse. Yeah. Big verse that says, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Right. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever been in a church where we've all agreed and we've all been one mind, one purpose, mm-hmm. and we're all working for the same thing, which should be the gospel of Correct. Jesus Christ and people finding Jesus. But we're so worried about our pews and our windows and our carpet and our traditions and what the way we used to do it and the songs we used to sing. Mm-hmm. And why aren't we doing it like this? And why aren't you wearing a suit? And why aren't you doing Folks, you're off base. That's a pharisaical attitude. Yep. You, you need to get back to the basics of what God has called us to do. What are we to agree about? Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and he rose from the grave, and he he wants to have eternal life with everybody. Mm-hmm. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. What do we have to do? We have to lead people to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We have to show them the love of Jesus Christ. And we and when p- we're focused on those things, we're not leading anybody. Exactly. A lot of times we're leading people away. Exactly. Kelly Mentor said this. You, this is really good. This is a good quote. She said, we are living in a culture where people, including Christians, refuse to reach out to those in need, especially if it requires any effort. I thank the Lord for those who continually show the love of Jesus, even when it's not convenient. She's right, because love, showing people the love of Christ is never going to be convenient. Right. It's going to be messy. It's going to be dirty. It's never going to come on your time it's schedule. It's going to be the right time. You can't schedule it. Yeah. Mostly God's going to interrupt your schedule. Mm -hmm. You're on your way to a ball game. You're on your way to an event, and God's going to interrupt you with, I need for you to do this. Are you going to be willing to do it? Mm -hmm. Um, Which brings us to number two. Love leads people to Christ. Yep. We don't shove or cram or jam Jesus down anybody's throat. We lead people um, to Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes we turn people off Mm -hmm. because we're trying to cram Jesus Christ down their throat in the Bible. Well, and yeah, and you talked about, you know, it's not our job to, um, you know, we can't fulfill it all. No. We just have to plant the seed. We allow God to do the work. And allow God to do the work. You know, you read First Corinthians 3, 7 through 9. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. Mm-hmm. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. And I think sometimes we get so worked up about trying to get somebody to mm-hmm. grow or trying to get somebody to a certain place. That's not our place. We can't make them. No, that's God. That's them and God. Right. That's their relationship with God. I cannot do that. I can keep my relationship with that by, you know, following God. Yeah. And so the, I had a, I asked a question. I said, you know, how, how, how do you treat people who are different than you? Mm-hmm. Which is really... A good question because we like people like us. I right. mean, admit it. We like yep. hanging around people who are just like us. Same kind of mindset, same politics, same you know, yep. economic status, mm-hmm. same whatever. We like people who are like us, but how do you treat people who are different than you? Exactly. Because if somebody's a little different than us, we shy away from them. Right. So how are you going to do that? Exactly. Well, I love the illustration, too, that you gave, you know, because you, you talk about, you know, cramming Jesus down people's throats. Yeah. You know, that 99.9% of the time is going to drive them 
away. Oh yeah. And you you gave the illustration of the preacher, the hellfire and brimstone yeah, yeah. preacher who was riding a bus, and this drunk gets on this bus and he sets down, and then this preacher's got his oversized leather Bible, and he just slaps it down on the seat next to him, and he said, "Hey man, do you know where you're headed? You're going straight to hell." And the drunk says, "What did it? Did I get on the wrong bus again?" Right. You know, and it's like sometimes people do need to be told that, yeah. you know, there is a hell. Yeah. And and look, your your ways are going to lead you there if, you exactly. know, if you continue down this path. But if you tell somebody that, they're normally not going to listen to you. You've got to build that relationship. You have to be able to exactly. plant that seed and allow exactly. God to water, allow God to soften their exactly. heart. Exactly. So the the questions you know, I kind of ask is, can can you help somebody who's different than you? Yeah. Would you be able to provide for somebody who's troubled, mm-hmm. who's different than you? Yep. If somebody is trying to find God, in, um, would you, are you going to take time to lead them to God? What about somebody who's caught up in a sin? Somebody, that, a sin that you absolutely hate, mm-hmm. that you just, it turns your stomach. Would you be able to help lead them to Jesus Christ with love and compassion? Right. This is what we're talking about. This is about rolling up your shirt sleeves and, you know, Realizing that our world is gasping for spiritual breath for God and the truth of God's people. So um, in 2023, what are we going to do as a church and what are we going to do as his people to, to, to show the world the love and compassion of, of Jesus Christ? And my point was, if the church and the people of God aren't willing to get out of the four walls of the church and roll up their shirt sleeves, who's going to do it? Right. Nobody's going to do it. Yep. Nobody's going to talk about God if we're not going to talk about God. Because Satan's walking around right now, and he's destroying people right and left. And you see it. You see it all the time. You see it in your family. You see it in your mm-hmm. jobs. You see it in your neighborhoods. So he's literally devouring right. this world. Yep. He's in our lives. He's in our government. He's in our churches. So are we going to become the hands and the feet in the life of Jesus Christ so we can tell people, here's the way you should go? Right. And it's not going to be easy like it was in 1976. Exactly. Or 1956 or 1986. It's so much different now mm-hmm. than what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's changed a lot over the last 15, 16 years. Yeah. And one of the biggest things, points that I made yesterday was that love sees people for what they can become. Right. And this is really hard. Right. It's like looking at an old house and, and, and it's been kind of let go over yep. five or 10 years. And you look at it and you're like, oh, this thing's a piece of junk. But people can look at that and be like, oh, no, this thing's beautiful. Uh-huh. I see this thing for what it actually can be. And that's what the way Jesus yeah. and looks at us. And that's the way we well, should look at and people. And that's what Jesus did. You know, Jesus didn't see the woman who was caught in adultery in her current situation. No. He saw her for what she could become. And that's why he said, you Wouldn't know. Would you like to know what happened to her? Go and sin no more. I would love to know what happened to her. I would love to know. That's another one of those things that's like, what? Exactly. I want to know the rest of the story. Exactly. Like, give me Paul Harvey. I want to know the rest of the story. Yeah, give us, uh, give us, the, hey, give us the part two of that story, exactly. would you please? <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So I read a scripture, Matthew twenty five verse forty. It says, "The king will say, I tell you the truth, who if you've done it to the least of these my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto me.'" And I think we forget that scripture. Right. I think that we forget to look at whenever we do something, we do it in the name of God to glorify God. And so we've got to look at people, even though we may not want to, mm-hmm. we're doing it for God. We're doing it in the name of God, and God gets the credit. Right. God gets the glory. God gets the honor. Hey, it's because of God I'm doing this. Right. You know? Well, and to look at that passage in the bigger context, Jesus is is illustrating the point that come Judgment Day, there are going to be some people who think, ha, I've made it. I'm in. Right. I'm good. And Jesus is going to be like, well, who are you? I don't know you. Right. But God, we did this in your exactly. name and we did this and we did that. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't do it for the least of these. And then there'll be other people who he's like, 
come in, good and faithful servant, you've done great. And they're exactly. like, but what? We, we didn't do that. Yeah, you did. Whenever you did it to the least of these, you were doing it for me. Exactly. It's, um, man, it's, it's, it's convicting when you start breaking all this down and you start looking at it for, for what God wants you to see it for you. Right. Cause I think as a Christian, sometimes we read scriptures and we, we don't really apply it to ourselves. What we do is we think, Oh, this is good for Brandon. Right. Oh, this is good for Clint. Oh, this is good for Anita. This is good for Craig. But we don't think about this is God's talking to me. God's trying to tell me what I need to be doing. So. Right. Um, I like how the Apostle Paul describes what we were and what we um, or what we can be. He's got a cramp in his shoulder. I'm good. He's been sitting in the same way for like I'm 35 good. minutes, 40. I'm getting old. Yeah, you are. Well, it's one of those weird things. Like it's down here in my ribcage almost. I don't know. <laughs> Call a doctor. It's good to be king, isn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I think it's because the way you were sitting. It could be. He's all slouched over. I think I was sitting there like that, and then I breathed wrong. He's uh, show me some love, man. <laughs> Gosh, do you need more Teddy roast? Uh, roast of I do. I've got a headache too. I don't know what the deal is. That with might that. be it. Maybe maybe you're on the cusp of getting sick, and we're in this little closed area, and I'm going to get sick too. <laughs> oh gosh. Maybe I don't know. No, I feel good. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Do we need to pause? Take a break? No, we're good. Okay, let's keep going. We're almost done. <laughs> His eyes are twitching. <laughs> you sure? I'm good. Okay. First Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. He says, don't you realize that those who will do wrong will not in- inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this is where it takes a turn. Mm-hmm. Verse 11. Some of you were once like that. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. But you were cleansed and you were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Love that. In in that list is some of the worst things you could think of, isn't it? But he says you were once like that. Right. You're no longer like that. Guess what? New game, new person. This is what God can do Love sees people for what they can become. Exactly. So, folks, we need to realize that we need to see people for what they can become because that's the way Jesus looks at them, and that's the way Jesus looks at us. And so, right. I think I said shortly after this, I said, um, if I could have a theme for RCC for 2023, it would be this. Get out of your comfort zone. Yep. We have to get out of our comfort zones. I think 2023 is the year for us, mm-hmm. and we have to get out of our comfort zone. So many people at RCC continue to look backwards and not forward. Right. They continue to look at the past, their traditions, and what they like and what they don't like, and always grumbling and complaining because we don't sing enough hymns or this. Folks, this is not about you. This is not a concert. This is not something where you check off a list and because you weren't happy with the art museum today. This is about your worship to God right. and your service to God and, and glorifying God. If it's anything but that, guess what? You're Pharisee. I hate to tell you that. Yeah. You can get mad at me all you want. You can talk bad about me all you want. But here's the thing. It is what it is. This has got to be a heart change. You've got to be intentional to get your heart to where God wants you to be. Because God wants this church to be something and to do something for him and his kingdom. Right. And I believe that. And you and I were talking before we, before we started recording here. You know, I think we all have a tendency to have those areas in our life. Sure we do. You know, do. We, we all have those pharisaical moments. So we have to be intentional. There's that word again, of kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, God, 
reveal it to me. What what do I need to shove out of the way? Mm-hmm. What do I need to just just get rid of? Mm-hmm. What am I holding? What what's my idol? You know, what's my idol that I need to get out of the way that that really has nothing to do with you, but it's all about me. It's all about what I want or what I like or whatever. Yeah, because I've had people tell me, you know, you know, well, my grandparents bought that table for the church. Well, either that table or your grandparents are your idol now. Right. If you can't move it or use it, what's the point? Right. That's given to somebody else's glory, not to the glory of God. I mean, I told you, you know, back first went in the ministry. If I'd use a table, somebody'd be like, "Oh, you can't move that table. That table was purchased in 1959." I'm like, right. "Seriously, it's a table, right? It's a table. It can't be used for the glory of God to put Bibles on for our kids. What? Mm-hmm. It's just to sit there and look pretty. Pretty? Oh, come on." Well, that's an idol. That's like something that you see done in like the Pharisees would do or the Catholic right. Church would do. It's just this is absolutely crazy. Right. It has no meaning then whatsoever. Um, so the challenge is, is we boldly stand up for the word of God, but will you show the love of God? Mm-hmm. It's a big there's a line there. Yes. Boldly and also the love. Yep. The love of God. And I think uh, the thing we always have to remember is that God saw us for what we could become. Yeah, exactly. First uh, Peter two nine says, "For for you are God's chosen people, your royal priest, holy nation, God's very own possession." And as a result, you can show others. I love this: the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. For He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Yep. This that's the key. Yep. He called you out, not that you did it. He called you exactly. Out. So um, great reminder. I love that. I love that verse. Yep. It's awesome. Awesome. So I think that um, I don't know. Love, there we go. One down. Are you feeling oh, better? You need is love. I am feeling better. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for checking on me. I appreciate it. Yeah, he's he's smiling now. Yeah, I'm good. I think he had a Charlie horse or something. I had something. Been shooting my bow too much, maybe. I don't know. I didn't say that. Allie, I did not say that. That's not true. Maybe you need acupuncture or something. You want to try it? I'll do it. I, I, you know, I know Todd's no longer here, but he's got those big, long roofing nails back in the thing. I could try that. I could run four or five of them into your shoulder. Acupuncture with roofing nails. Hey, do you trust me? No. Okay. <laughs> nah, not with roofing nails, I don't. <laughs> You're like, roofing nails? Right. Hey, we got a few things coming up this month, and um, just want to keep you guys up to date. I always want to encourage you guys to uh, go to our website or our Facebook page and to check out things that are taking place um, in the church body. Or... I mentioned it yesterday. If you are not signed up to receive the Connecting with Craig, the Connecting with Craig emails also hit pretty much everything we talk about. Comes up on well. uh, comes up uh, out on Wednesday. Every Wednesday. So if you've missed a Sunday, haven't been able to worship with us, you can always go back to our YouTube channel, pull it up, yep. and um, and you know tune in. We're going to continue with our second installment of nine weeks uh, this Sunday with um, Joy. Joy. And uh, so world. make sure you guys uh, come out for that. Uh, Young at Heart, first time meeting up this year, is going to be a chili cook-off and game night on Saturday, January 21st at 5 p.m. Uh, if you need any information or additional information or find out what's going on, you can uh, contact Glenn or Lisa Smith at rccyah at gmail.com. Good job. And then, ladies, can you say cheese? Say cheese. Okay. I said ladies, but good. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Good to be queen, isn't it? It's good to be queen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> He's waving like the queen. Uh, this is taking place on Saturday, January the 28th, and I don't know the time. Do you know the time on that? 
I do not. I see. So head to But our, if you go to richwood.church forward slash women, you can figure it all out. That information is there. Uh, Baby Dedication Day is coming up on Sunday, January the 29th during our second worship hour. Um, This is open to all families with babies three years and under. This is a great time for you to present your child to God as an act of thanksgiving and dedication for God's purposes. And I think this is really good. Uh, This is a service is a time for your family to know that you have the support of your church to Mm -hmm. raise your children in a godly way. And folks, this is a, this is a two way street. Parents are saying, Hey, we need your help and you're going to help them out. We're going to pray for you. We're going to dedicate them to God. This is their parents saying, this is what we want to do. And we're, we're essentially the the parents are saying we're dedicating ourselves to raising them in a godly home. So, um, you know, if you'd like to be a part of this um, service, uh, please, there's a form you got to fill out and you got to submit it by January 22nd. You can get a hold of the church office or you can get a hold directly to Sarah Smith. Yep. Or if you, that form should be available at richwood.church forward slash children as well. Boom. And then I don't know the times on this either, but there's an aging parents class starting on January 29th. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the evening on Sunday night. So, uh, you can actually go to our website and, and check that out too. So correct. A few things coming up and, and don't forget 12 weeks from Easter. Besides that, okay. you missed one more thing. What? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow yeah. night is our monthly night of prayer, six o'clock right here in the sanctuary. Yeah. Most important thing. Somebody told me once, it's the most important thing you'll ever do. I believe it is. Prayer. I mean, not necessarily coming to night of prayer, but although I think it's a pretty important thing. Praying, yeah. Praying is the most important thing you'll do. And then uh, Wednesday night at uh, 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall, guys, um, is Kingdom Man. And if you have not signed up and you would like to be a part of it, you can fill. Uh, you can go to our website and you can sign up at um, richwood.church forward slash men. And uh, we've got like 15 guys signed up, 16 yeah, guys signed be up good. right now. So it should be a good group. And um, we're going to do watch some a uh, little bit of Tony Evans. He's 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 right on point. Mm-hmm. And um, then we're going to have a discussion and um, going to be laid back and just want you guys to come in and um, talk as guys. And we're going to talk a little bit about everything as we go through this over the next six weeks. So. Sign up and join us on Wednesday night. It's going to be good. Six yep. o'clock. Yep. Anything else? Mm-mm. I need some more Teddy Roosevelt. I am just down to the last bit. Teddy Roosevelt. I've been out since we've been like two minutes in. That, I'm not surprised. Maybe that's why you're cramping up. Maybe. I need more coffee. Mm-hmm. Or I've had too much. How many pots? I've had about a pot today. I believe that. It's 11 o'clock. I mean, that's not bad. I believe that. (laughs) It's not bad. So, anyways, I don't have anything else. If you don't. I don't either. So, thank you guys for joining us as always and hanging in there with our, um, what do we call that? Our rambling? Rambling, scatterbrainedness. That's a word. I just made it up. So, um, you know, if you guys um, think about it, say a little extra prayer for the king over here who's cramping up and... Um, having all kinds of convulsions while we were in the middle of this today. So. I'm okay. I'm better. I'm better. It's good to be king. And it's good to be king. So, hey, we hope you have a great day. Have a great week. Stay warm. It's going to get warmer a little little more but rain. over the next. But rain. You can't complain. You've done well. I'm, I'm proud not. of you. Okay, real I'm quick. i complained. Real quick, before we close out, i got to give credit where credit's due. Both services yesterday, you were under time. Phenomenal job. Thank you. And it was a good message. I, uh, I I really worked on that. Now, I know she cut the time off when I prayed, but prayer does not count. So apparently that's what I heard. Unless get, it's me that's praying. 
but dude, twelve minute prayers are like should be timed. I don't <laughs> pray for twelve minutes. Okay, so maybe in staff meeting, right? My preamble was pretty short. It was very hardly any at all. I'll give you that. And then I was, yeah, I was you were right on time. I I should be on time this week too. You did great. Yeah, I'm turning over a new leaf. We'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> All right, on that note, have a great day. You too. Bye.